Hello, this is, uh, What the Heck with Richard Dweck. I'm finally going to do episode 11. Uh, I understand now why a couple of people don't do, uh, podcasts regularly, you know. I used to get so annoyed by that, you know, because I'm a very focused, like, not focused, uh, I like to have things, like, in a, not an OCD type of way, but I do like to have, you know, certain things to look forward to and certain dates of the, I like scheduled things, you know, I don't like scheduled things, but I like to, you know, have things scheduled around me, so, uh, I think that's what I love about TV so much, I think that's why a lot of people like TV, is, you know, it's just organized, so every week you have this show and that show, a lot of shows have been, you know, wrapping up, you know, Silicon Valley, um, Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, you know, a lot of people hate on those shows, uh, Big Bang Theory, Young Sheldon, you know, I'm getting still saying, you know, um, the characters are what really drive the show, you know, the writing is fine, you know, it's sitcom good, you know, you have HBO good, and then sitcom good, and I think everyone wants things to be, you know, HBO or Netflix good, but sometimes it's not that, you know, Things have their different levels, you know. Things have their different varieties of what they are and what they can do, you know. Stop saying, you know. <laughs> I, uh, what I like about Big Bang Theory is it sort of showcases what it is to be that type of brilliant person. You know, a lot of people think, oh, it's contrived that it makes, you know, every genius... Or, like, smart person, not to be, you know, someone who enjoys nerdy things. No, not really. I mean, a hefty majority do, and that's kind of a stereotype. But, mostly it's how these people relate to the world. You know, the writers and the show creators make it seem a lot more serious than it is. But, you know, it still is a great, you know, thing for people to see. You know, people hate on uh, young Sheldon and... Sheldon, in general, Sheldon Cooper, the, one of the main characters, Big Banker, they think, oh, he, um, they're mocking, uh, autism with him, or something, or something like that, and really, it's not, you know, Sheldon doesn't have autism, he got it checked out, he's a genius, and if you've seen any documentaries of geniuses, or, or child geniuses, they really have a hard time relating to people. It really is a real thing. They do have a hard time relating to people because they have these high IQs and they they are just on different levels with people socially and mentally. And, you know, Van Curry isn't really, you know, I don't think they're mocking that as much as they're just showcasing the hilarity of the extent that people go to for Sheldon and how he can really grow. You know, I think they're always encouraging that. You know, Sheldon is not just a punchline, really. He's a, you know, he's a human being. He's a fully-fledged person, you know. He's a kid from East Texas who... He has an IQ of 187. His parents, his family life was, you know, it depends on, you know, his perspective and their perspective and how he's been through it. But he still has not had it easy. 
And I like the, uh, it's not that deep, but I like the exploration and the way the characters have changed. You know, a lot of flack came from this character, uh, Howard Waltz. He was one of the nerds on the show, one of the friends, and, uh, he used to be this very, uh, just perverted, like, you know, kind of, uh, in the Me Too generation, like, he would never be that, but he sort of aspired to be that. He was, like, you know, just creepy. And he became the first one to get married, the first one to have kids. He went to outer space as an astronaut. Uh, well, he, uh, he was uh, toilet maintenance for, and made fun of by the astronauts, and it was very, you know, bullied and stuff. And uh, he didn't have any either. His mom was physically very obese and you know she was he had to take care of her for most of his life and she used to be very beautiful when he was younger and his father ran out on him so left him so he uh his family so he was with his mom a lot of his life and uh you know and that was really cool to see like their relationship, you never saw the mother, you always heard her booming voice, and, uh, she was just said to be this very beautiful woman when her husband left her, and then she, they used to give her candy and gifts, and she ate all the candy, so she became very heavy, that was sort of the way that they sort of explained it, but, like, she, like, I can imagine that, you know, she looks like Fran Dresser in her younger years, and then in her older years, she just ballooned up, and, uh, she, um, she's great, though, I mean, that was a great character, you know, um, her, and what they did with that, to extend it, is, as a running gag, is, uh, his wife can imitate his, her voice perfectly, and, the kids that he has, they're never on screen, uh, really, uh, like physically, but they're heard, and they sound like her, that's what, it's funny, like they're crying, and whatever sounds like her voice, and her tone, and that's really cool, you know, because the real actress died, so, you know, it's, you know, maybe they use some of her, I don't know how they do it, but it's awesome, and, uh, you know, another point of the show characters is the main storyline is between Leonard Hofstetter and Penny. Uh, Leonard is Sheldon's best friend. He kind of forgets that sometimes because Sheldon can be a handful. You know, Leonard grew up and in a similar vein, he was, you know, very smart for his age, has a high intellect, but not as much as Sheldon, I think they're close, but, uh, he, he grew up in his mom, it was this, uh, therapist and scientist who, you know, was never proud of him, always more proud of his sister and brother and his family, and was never very quite loving, you know, she's not a loving person, she's very cold and very, like, you know, just a cold person, uh, so, the, one of the, one of the things that we hear early on is that when he was a kid, he built himself 
a hugging machine to replace his mom. And his father ended up using it more than he did, you know. This just sort of explains, like, him. And he sort of has talked about his older brother a little bit, that, you know, he may have... He has a better life than Leonard, like, has more of a family and, you know, more of a, you know, kind of a better job. And he's, you know, settled in this field really well. But Leonard doesn't really have any ill hatred towards him. He just says, oh, he laughs at his jokes sometimes, but has some jokes sometimes, but he's cool. And, uh, so Penard, Penard, that's like their, uh, Amalgamation could be of their name, but Penny and Leonard, uh, they are, uh, sort of the stereotypical nerd falls in love with a girl, but it's played pretty realistically, you know, she, and they really explore, you know, sort of that, how that nice guy thing is really, not really a real thing, you know, how the nice guy, quote unquote, can be manipulative, and, you know, and you can kind of not have a chemistry at first with someone, and really build your relationship and work hard, and that's what's really cool, is, you know, they've been together for, I don't know, seven years, maybe close to ten years, I don't know, like, yeah, like nine years, eight years, and it's, you know, they've been married for a few years now, and, you know, I think it's just, that relationship is very nice, and, uh, the sort of intermingle, the, the relationships between Sheldon and people are just really amazing, like him and Leonard, like, Leonard put it best, is a, you know, he's a little broken, but I'm broken too, so we kind of help each other in that way. You know, and sometimes he forgets, you know, why they're friends, but they are, and it's cool. Um, so that's a whole thing, and I just went into a tangent about that. You know, I, uh, I saw Deadpool 2, which was, you know, it was good. I think it was Deadpool at its Deadpooliest, uh, that's what I would say. It was really good. I think, you know when you have that joke, joke, joke thing, because it's very much a comedy. And I love comedy. It's more of a comedy than any other superhero film. And it tries to be, you know. I think a lot of uh, new Marvel movies, I guess, in DC too, but, like, they all try to get uh, more of a comedy, like, more of a fall face. They want it to be a whole entire film for a family or anyone to, like, watch together like, very communal, so it's like, they want it to be, you know, a feel-good film. Deadpool is like, no, this is for adults, this is for young teens, older teens to adults, 20 to 40 years old, just strap yourself in, you'll have a good time, uh, we're gonna tell you all these jokes, and I'll show you all this gore and violence, and, uh, this is for you. And I think that's kind of cool. Is it fits a niche. And it fits a niche sort of level pop culturism. And uh, really what modern 
uh, pop culture and you know a character, and he's a cool character. You know, Deadpool is a cool character because he's loved so much by the actor that plays him, and known so well by the actor that plays him, who's a huge fan. And Deadpool is sort of great because he's he's everything and nothing at the same time. Which sounds a lot more deep than it is, but he's like, you know, he's every sexuality, he's, there's a word for that. He's like pansexual, and like, you know, so there are some cases in which, you know, he can be, you know, painted as straight, or uh, in some instances, in some stories, gay, or in some, like, very fluent, and, you know, that's pretty cool, with just how progressive it is, and he just has a sense of humor. And he's snarky and awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big, you know, gore person. I don't really watch horror movies, but, like, I like that sort of stuff in his, because it's, like, very palatable. And, like, you know, it kind of makes that stuff seem cartoony and fun, so it doesn't, like, freak me out or gross me out. Uh, it's very much like a video game, so. But, you know, some jokes stale, some jokes are, like, good, and it's just, like, you know, Deadpool, it's Deadpooliest, and, uh, there's ads for the Grinch movie, and I talk about that, how they're making it too Despicable Me-ish, you know. The Grinch isn't just, like, an asshole to be an asshole, he's, you know, an outcast, and, uh, I think they're forgetting that, or mixing that up, or whatever. He, uh, but they did have some good gags in between of the commercials with him, and, uh, the regulars with him, and that's great. Um, there's a couple good movies coming out, uh, Tag, which has, oh, so many people in it, I can't remember, uh, Ed Holmes, I think, is in it, and, uh, I saw Sebastian Maniscalco is in it, who's another great comedian, he has a bit part in it, and it's about, it's based off the story that was featured in The New Yorker, of these group of uh, friends who played tag for a month. And the story sort of exaggerates that, how it's these friends who, after college, that are now in their 40s, uh, haven't their entire lives, like since college, or ended, that they all keep in touch with each other and all stay in each other's lives through this game of tag, you know. It's very casual to be at a wedding or, you know, or somewhere serious or, you know, someone that's died and you'd be at, you know, at the, uh, gravesite with them at the ceremony and, you know, we'll tag them and it just keeps going and the way they stay together. And I don't know how that whole happens to make it a drama-ish thing, but it's also a comedy, so it's pretty, but it's mainly a comedy, so that's cool. Um... Another commercial, uh, I think it's called Thank You for Calling. Uh, this show looks really neat. Uh, it's this black guy, he gets a job, he's like in his 30s, like 20s. Uh, he finally gets this job, and you know, he's had a hard life, like early life, and his girlfriend now, and he gets this job as telemarketing, and it's very fantastical and very fantasy based. But the thing that happens is he's told to use to succeed to use his white voice, 
and this is the way that he makes his voice sound like he's voiced by a white actor in that point of the movie, and then he is sort of selling out himself to use that voice to get to the upper level of work, and it's, you know, it's a very cool movie. It looks very funny and racially, like, actually poignant, but it's very, you know, it's wicked smart. Uh, and a great idea. Um, I can't even think of a bunch of other movies. Uh, um, uh, professional wrestling has been crazy. You know, I watched WWE and stuff like that. Uh, Money in the Bank is coming up in a few weeks. That pay-per-view. I guess I could give my thoughts on that for now. I want The Miz to win the Money in the Bank. Uh, he won it in 2010, I think. And, uh, him and Daniel Bryan will just have an amazing feud. You know, that really goes back. Uh, um, eight years? No. Two thousand. Started in two thousand ten, so it's been eight years. Yeah, and that would be great. Um, I don't know who I want to win the uh, female one, Money in the Bank. I think either Oscar or Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch really needs that, and. Uh, it just depends. Um, hopefully in a few weeks I can sort of get the card out for myself and fantasy book that for you and give you my thoughts and predictions and some shit. Uh, I can't believe it's been 17 minutes. I'm just talking my ass off here. Uh, I haven't done an episode in so long. Um... I guess I'll finish right now. Bye.